Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Schnickcast. Today we got a very special episode. We have a new series called The Passion Project, which is going to be just me, Schnickerman, talking about a series that I'm extremely passionate about. In this podcast, I talk about the first half of the Digimon games that were released in North America. I had a really good time putting together this podcast, and it does exist in video form. So if you want to check out my YouTube channel, there's a lot of visuals. I show gameplay for each of the Digimon games, and I even show some old throwback commercials for these video games, which is kind of cool to see. So if you want to see the visual element, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash snickerman, and let's get into it. In my extensive research, it was difficult to find the release date of the original Digital Monster Virtual Pet. Recently, I stumbled upon this press release from Bandai about Digimon posted on July 9th, 1998. You can see that following the tremendous success of Tamagotchi, Bandai introduced the Digital Monster and it was shown off and given out at Toys R Us in Herald Square in New York City on December 5th, 1997. And the national release was February 10th, 1998. According to Bandai, the digital monster was targeted at boys eight years old and up, and it's a interactive handheld virtual digital monster that is housed in a rectangular shaped cage and hangs on a keychain. The press release also says that the digital monsters retailed for approximately $15 USD, came in four colors, brown, gray, blue, and neon green, and they're packaged similar to Tamagotchi toys and the look of the packaging. The Digimon Virtual Pet sold over 14 million units in its first year. At the time, electronic toy pets were becoming a huge phenomenon. Companies like Tiger Electronics, Bandai, Mattel, and other toy companies were all producing these virtual pets to capitalize off the huge fad that was happening, so they were producing them just as fast as they could sell them. In each one of these Digimon devices, there's a small pixelated creature on an LCD screen that you must feed, train, clean up after it. You can even battle with people who also have a virtual pet. In Japan, these type of virtual pets have been a mainstay ever since they were first introduced. However, in North America, the virtual pet fad only lasted a few years and started to fall off. There were devices that were later released that coincided with the Digimon anime, but they were called Digivices and not Digimon Virtual Pets. It wasn't until 2019 that Bandai decided to re-release the original Digimon Virtual Pets. Due to the wide success of Digital Monsters, Bandai teamed up with 2A Animation in order to release an animated series based off the virtual pets. On March 7th, 1999, Digimon Adventure aired in North America, and one year later on May 23rd, 2000, first Digimon video game was released. You run away again, buddy, and you're totally grounded. 80 renegade Digimon. They run away, and you have to get them back. The Digimon World Video Game. Rated T. New from Bandai.
This game aimed to capitalize on the success of the Digital Monster Pets and the Digimon anime that was airing at this time. Digimon World is a virtual pet simulator that was based off the original Digivice. You start with an infant Digimon that you must train and Digivolve. However, you need to feed it, let it go to the bathroom when it has to poop. You need to raise its stats in order to beat different wild Digimon. The game revolves around a young boy who's later called Mameo, but he's an unnamed boy in the first game. He's drawn into the digital world through his V-Pet device, which is similar to the Digivice. Gigimon greets him and tells him there's great problems going on in the digital world. Many Digimon have left File City and have become wild, and he needs to bring them back either by their own choice or by force by defeating them. So Mameo must train his Digimon and work his way up, recruit as many Digimon in the city as he possibly can, and then defeat the evil machine Draymon and save the digital world. This game is a bit of a hidden gem on the PlayStation 1 in my opinion. However, it's not without its flaws. The game could be really frustrating and there's a lot of RNG in this. When your Digimon dies, you have three lives. When those lives are exhausted, your Digimon's gone, you're given a new egg, and you have to start from scratch training your Digimon all over again. So this type of gameplay is not very good to the new user, so a lot of people are turned off by this. The good news is when you recruit Digimon to the city, even if you have to start with a new Digimon, those Digimon that were recruited to the city will stay the same. Some of them open item shops, some of them open arenas, some of them are just there to talk to you, they'll all stay. That progress will remain the same. The next thing we should talk about is the combat of the game. So you have your Digimon, which you can give general commands like to attack, flee, defend. However, the Digimon will act on its own. However, you are able to support them with different chips that can increase their speed and different stats, can recover their health or MP. So you have some control over the Digimon. And as you level up your Digimon, you'll get more control of them. But this game has a lot of replayability. In the beginning of the game, you can only start with Agumon or Gabumon, and Digimon has a very unique evolution tree. So one Digimon could have three to four to five different branches that they can digivolve into based off your stats and the way that you take care of your Digimon. This actually adds a lot of replayability because Pretty much every time you play the game, you'll get different Digimon, and certain Digimon may be more suited for certain activities over others. I think that this is a really interesting game, it has been elaborated on in future Digimon games, which we'll get to. However, I think it really holds the test of time. This style of gameplay is fairly unique, and I think it adds a really interesting challenge to gamers. So if you like simulation type games or action games, you might want to give this game a try. Digimon World 2 was released on May 19th, 2001. Unlike the first game in the series, Digimon World 2 is actually a dungeon crawler RPG compared to the Digimon Trainer simulation of Digimon World 1. What's interesting about this game is that you start out the game and you can choose between one of three different teams and based off the team you select, your starter Digimon will be different. And what's interesting about this is if you join the team that's associated with Vaccine Digimon, in the very beginning of the game, you will only really be able to obtain other Vaccine Digimon. Later in the game, you can acquire specific items that will allow you to get Digimon that are outside of your type. 
So in Digimon World 2, you can have a team of up to three Digimon, so when you run into an enemy, it basically turns into a three-on-three -three battle. Your Digimon can Digivolve, of course, and have multiple different attacks that you can utilize, and it's just standard Japanese turn-based combat. However, the dungeon crawler aspect comes into play because you have a vehicle which is called a Digi Beetle that allows you to travel through dungeons and it's in the dungeons where you run into Digimon and there are different traps and things that you have to be on the lookout for. A big part of the game is upgrading your Digi Beetle, which is your vehicle, giving it weapon upgrades, ways to find traps, and give it more health. And the vehicle is also limited in the amount of moves that it can make in a dungeon. So these are all things that throughout the process you'll upgrade. Although this game is much different than the first game in the series, I actually am really enjoying the second game. Dungeon crawler RPGs are definitely not for everybody. They are very grindy, and there's a lot of leveling that you have to do and replaying dungeons over and over again, maybe to get specific Digimon that you want, etc. But overall, I think it's a really solid game. So I would recommend a game like this to fans of Digimon, of course, people that like turn-based RPGs, Dungeon crawlers leave a little bit more of to the imagination. You're just moving through a generic dungeon with different things going on. The Digimon may be the only thing that you're really running into. So keep that in mind if you ever pick this game up. It has become a little bit more sought after recently, so it may set you back a little bit more. But I assure you, if you like turn-based RPGs with a little bit of a twist, you'll definitely enjoy Digimon World 2. The next Digimon game to be released in North America was Digimon Digital Card Battle which was released on June 28th, 2001. Digimon Digital Card Battle was released in order to capitalize off the success of the first two Digimon anime series, as well as the first two Digimon World games. However, this game is exclusively a card game. It's similar to the actual physically released DigiCard Battle game, which was released by Bandai. However, there are some differences. Battle card game from Bandai. This game is actually a really interesting card game, very similar to other card games of the PS1 era, such as Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories. You start with a starter deck, you can challenge different opponents. If you win, you get cards from them, you build your deck even bigger. Each card has different element. There's water, dark, fire, plant, etc. You need to digivolve your Digimon within its type. So if it's a water type, you have to digivolve a rookie water to a champion water to ultimate water. There are also support items which can buff your attack. Each card has three separate attacks for X, circle, and triangle. They all vary in the amount of damage that they do, and some can even have special effects such as counters or negating your opponent's utility cards. The other really cool thing about this game is that you start with four cards in your hand and you're allowed to mulligan at any point for four brand new cards. However, if you do so, you have less cards in your deck and eventually when you run out of cards, you might lose the game because of this. So you have to be tactical with this. As I mentioned, the utility cards are useful. They can buff your attack, lower your opponent's attack to zero, etc. And if you don't have a utility card, you can also take a, the top card of your deck 
and put it face down and then when combat happens it flips it over and if the card has an effect you get it if not just gets discarded another interesting thing is that a lot of the digimon cards also have an effect so they can also be used in combat as well as just using to digivolve so it means that you have pretty much no dead cards that will stay in your hand another mechanic is each digimon card has a number associated with it which is called dp which is digivolve points so in order to evolve your digimon you have to have a certain number of digivolve points there's a specific part of the card game in the beginning where you can sacrifice those digimon to get dp digivolve once you get to the digivolve phase overall i was really happy with this game it really impressed me i'd say this game is good for fans of digimon especially who like card games just give it a shot it's not too expensive and it's pretty fun and well available. On February 24th, 2002, Digimon Rumble Arena released on the PlayStation 1. Digimon Rumble Arena was a multiplayer brawler that was released to kind of capitalize on the Super Smash Bros. style game. Digimon Rumble Arena has 10 different Digimon that you can play as, each one with one evolution. You can play as either Agumon, Gobblemon, Patamon, Gottomon, Vmon, Wormmon, Gyomon, Terriermon, and Renamon. When you attack in Digimon Rumble Arena, you build up a bar, and once you have the bar, you can then digivolve into one of your Digimon's evolutions, which there's only one in the game for each Digimon, and then you'll have an additional two types of attacks that are much stronger. The single player of this game is basically arcade where you're posed with different Digimon and you need to fight your way through the gauntlet all the way up to the secret final boss. Although there are 10 Digimon to choose, there isn't too much replayability here. Every time you play through the story mode, it's gonna be pretty much the same. You just have different Digimons with different attacks. There aren't any kind of collectibles that are overarching the story or anything like that. But overall, this game is good for fans of Digimon and people that like Super Smash Bros. type brawlers. It's fun to play with friends. However, it is lacking a little bit in the visual department, content-wise, and the music is kind of so-so. But if that sounds interesting to you, you can check it out. Now, it wasn't long after Digimon Rumble Arena that Digimon World 3 hit the scene. Digimon World 3 came out on June 5th, 2002. They look like us. They dress like us. They sound like us. In Digimon World 3, you must figure out who's a friend and who's an enemy fast. Otherwise, the hackers of the AOA will trap you and your Digimon in the digital world. Forever. Digimon World 3, rated E for everyone, from Bandai. All three Digimon World games came out within a year, plus or minus two months of each other. So in the third year, we got the third Digimon World game. And what was interesting is, again, the series took a bit of a turn from its previous entries. So the first game was a simulator, second game was a Japanese dungeon crawler, the third one is more on the terms of a classic JRPG. It has a bit of a Pokemon twist, which I'll explain. It's not identical, but I'm going to show you some similarities. You'll notice the first thing is that the graphics look amazing. It's a nice bit style, really vivid colors, the sprites all look really, really nice. 
the music is solid. You run around this nice colorful town and then you realize that you have to set up a team of three Digimon. You can pick between a few different selections, three of which I think were exclusive to this game at first. Bearmon, Kodamon, and Monmon. One of those will be in each team. You can pick your team and you'll start heading out into the digital world. In this game, although you have three Digimon at the start, you can only use one at a time. So this is where Pokemon starts coming in play. You have to switch out Digimon, etc. But what's different than Pokemon, of course, is that you can evolve one Digimon into, I think, up to like six or seven different Digimon in Digimon World 3. You can also do DNA Digivolutions with other Digimon in your party. So there's a lot of possibilities there, and it is grindy. And I will also mention that in the very beginning of the game, it can be a little bit difficult, but once you grind, like most RPGs, you'll be just fine. The stats of your Digimon don't necessarily level up through levels, but every type of evolution you can get a certain amount of trainings which will boost your stats, and for the most part an ultimate compared to a rookie, your ultimate stats are going to be much higher. So you can keep that in mind. And your rookie always levels up and gets experience regardless of which evolution you're using. So that's also a really interesting mechanic. Overall, I think this game is really interesting. There's even a complete card game within this game, which is different than the card battle game and different than the physical card game, I believe. But it's just something that you can, again, invest some time in if you want. You can get packs and open them up. There's a lot of content here. I've heard that even the base story can take 40 to 100 hours, depending on how much you get out of it, how much leveling up you do. So I would recommend this game, actually, to, of course, fans of Digimon, fans of people that might like the Pokemon style of games, and just fans of RPGs in general. This is a really good game. The visuals are amazing. Probably my favorite aesthetic in any Digimon game. The music is solid. Everything about it is interesting. One thing I do have to warn though is if you pick up a physical copy of this game and it is scratched even slightly, one of the first areas in the game, as well as maybe some of the other areas, can have an issue where the game just freezes and it's impossible to proceed through this area. And sometimes it may let you through, but it's very inconsistent. If you want to play this game, you might have to get a really, really nice condition copy or just play it by some other means. I'll let you figure out the rest. But I would highly, highly recommend Digimon World 3. Digimon Battle Spirits was released on January 13th, 2003. This is the first handheld game ever released besides the Digivice. Digimon Battle Spirit is very similar to Digimon Rumble Arena, but it's pretty much just the mobile version. So expect the same kind of gameplay here, where you have your Digimon, which has a few abilities that you can use. You're gonna attack the opponent. The opponent is gonna drop little spheres that you need to pick up. And at the end of the battle, whoever has the most spheres wins and goes to the next round. There is a mechanic as well in this game where Kalumon is flying around on the screen. If you are able to touch Kalumon, it will digivolve you into your mega form. And in this form, especially in this game, it makes you almost unbeatable. You can hit the enemy and many spheres come out and it gives you an extreme advantage. And when Kalumon appears, it's random. So this type of mechanic is kind of strange for this type of game. But basically all you do is you jump up on different platforms and just attacking the other Digimon. Super simple, super basic. There are a few different characters in the first game that you can play as. You can play as Gilmon, Agumon, Terriermon, Renamon, Wormmon, Vmon, and Sukumon. Digimon Battle Spirits also has a few secret characters that you can unlock. 
Black Agumon, Lapmon, Gabumon, Extra Agumon, and Impmon. I enjoyed Digimon Rumble Arena, but Digimon Battle Spirits I don't think is really worth playing unless you're an extreme Digimon fan and collector like myself. It really just doesn't offer anything that Rumble Arena doesn't besides specific Digimon that you may not be able to play, and also having it as a handheld game rather than a console game. The next game release after Digimon Battle Spirits was the follow-up Digimon Battle Spirits 2. It was released on September 24th, 2003. It was released in the same year, only separated by about 8 months. So Digimon Battle Spirit 2 is kind of just extra characters for Digimon Battle Spirit 1. This time they focused on the Digimon Frontier main characters. And the gameplay is pretty much the same, although the, the Digimon have a few more abilities under their belt, and that Kalumon mechanic that digivolves you to Mega is no longer present in this version. Overall, the core mechanics of the game are very, very similar to the original. The playable characters in the second game are as follows. Agunimon, Lobomon, Beetlemon, Kumamon, Kazemon. There are three secret characters in Digimon Battle Spirit 2. Lobomon, X Agunimon and X Lobomon. The story mode is pretty straightforward, just like previous entry. You start off fighting the standard playable character Digimon in different stages, and once you defeat them all, you fight the final boss, which in this game is Kirpimon. Digimon Battle Spirit 2 also contains a mini game that can be unlocked after you beat the story mode with one character. Mini game is called Digimon Shoe, and in essence, it's just a simple marble game. You pick your Digimon that you want to represent your marble, and you are faced with a series of challenges with multiple other marbles on the field. You are able to aim your marble in a specific direction and give that marble power. So it's similar to the way a golfing game may work. You pick the direction and the strength the rules of the marble game are that if you get removed from the table, you end up losing. So even though you go first in this marble game, if you give the marble too much force, you will go off the table and you will lose anyway, regardless of if you hit the enemy's marbles off of the table. Despite its simplistic rules and nature, this minigame is actually pretty difficult. I noticed that actually aiming the marble where you want to go is fairly difficult. If you hit the marble way too hard, you'll just end up losing. If you don't hit it hard enough, the opponents will end up knocking you off easily on the crackback. So I actually played this game quite a bit while capturing footage, and I was really not able to progress past the first few levels very often. I think that Digimon Shoot actually adds a pretty good amount of replayability for Digimon Battle Spirit, but of course if you're not into this type of minigame, you won't get any use out of it. So again, recommendation, I would only recommend this to the biggest Digimon fans. Another thing about this, if you want to own the physical version, especially a complete copy, it is quite expensive. and I just don't think it's justified in the cost. The game is not really that great. Something of note that I wanted to mention is that originally these Digimon Battle Spirit games were released on the Wonderswan in Japan. <laughs> Wonder 
Wonderswan! And these are pretty much just ports of the Wonderswan games. And if you're a Digimon collector like myself and you want to track down these games, just track down the Wonderswan versions. Digimon Rumble Arena 2 was released on September 6th, 2004. This game, unlike a lot of the other Digimon sequels, is a straight sequel to Digimon Rumble Arena on the PlayStation 1. It still has its arena combat style with lots of different characters to choose from. This game pretty much builds upon the original game in almost every way, making it the superior game by far. There's more characters, more evolutions, more items to work with, more maps, everything about it. Even for the main story part of the game when you have the Rumble Arena, there's kind of a varying tournament style where you can choose who you want to fight next, and then at the very end you get these boss fights, and de depending on which tree of battles you choose, they may be harder easier and the hardest bosses kind of give you the best characters. There are 11 starting playable characters in Rumble Arena 2 and 8 secret characters. It has every character from the original Digimon Adventure anime that you would want to choose from as a starting character. It also has the main character from Digimon Adventure 2, Tamers, and even Frontier. And what's really interesting about the game is that a lot of the secret characters are villains such as Duskmon, Malomyotismon, and even Diaboromon. So it's actually really fun to play with the villain characters and they're very strong. There's really a lot of options and so there is a bit of replayability since all the characters play different. And I will say compared to the original Rumble Arena there are a lot more moves and just different things that you can do in the game. I can tell that back in the day people would have had a lot of fun with this game. I know I never originally played it in 2004 or a few years after, but playing it now I actually really enjoy it, especially compared to the first entry in the series. What's really interesting to me is that this is the fourth game in the series that follows the same arena style combat, having both Battle Spirits game, the first arena game, and the second arena game. So I don't know why exactly that they were really trying to capitalize off the Smash Bros success and releasing four games that have a similar style. But I will say overall, if you enjoy these type of arena games and just like to see a lot of different Digimon characters fighting each other, definitely give this game a try. I would recommend this game to any Digimon fan, people who maybe like Smash Bros style games, and people who like the PS2 era of video games. I think the game definitely looks better than the original, and the music is pretty interesting. They even got sound clips for all the Digimon that are pretty much straight from the anime, so you can look for the same voice actors there. But overall, pretty solid game entry into the series. Game Boy Advance. Digimon Racing Kaimaku. Digimon たちがレースでバトルだ。進化必殺技だ。友達みんなでガチャン楽しめ。Digimon Racing 行くぞ悪魔。Digimon Racing was released on September 13th, 2004 for the Game Boy Advance. Much like the name suggests, this is a Digimon-based kart racer, similar to Mario Kart and other franchise racing games. You have eight playable Digimon and three secret Digimon that you can unlock. Agumon, Gabumon, Palmon, Adamon, Tentomon, Biomon, Salamon, 
Gomamon, and the three unlockable secret characters are Agunimon, Gyomon, and Vimon. Originally, I wasn't a big fan of Digimon Racing, but I recently went back and played it again, and I will say, Digimon Racing doesn't do anything too new for the kart racing genre. However, the graphics are pretty good for the time. It uses Mode 7 graphics, the sprites are big and colorful, each Digimon can ride over digital data and a bar will fill up and once the bar is filled up the Digimon in the cart will Digivolve which will make it stronger and able to use its special ability. When you use the special ability you will de-Digivolve back down into your rookie form. What makes Digimon racing different than other kart racers is the jumping mechanic. Some kart racers have a jumping feature however in this game you can use the jumping to find shortcuts, jump over obstacles, and even jump on top of your opponent's carts which slows them down to a stop for a few seconds. When you complete a cup in Digimon Racing, you unlock time trial modes for the different tracks as well as a boss battle. So the boss battle is pretty much a square or rectangular area where you drive your cart around getting item power-ups and then using it on the boss and I think each boss has around three hits so when you hit the boss three times successfully you will beat the boss battle and proceed to the next level. It's also worth noting that this game did have the ability to use the Game Boy Advance wireless adapter or the Game Link cables to do multiplayer. You could definitely play this game with a lot of friends if you so desired back in the day or even now. And I just think it's interesting because obviously this is not a Nintendo first party racing game, but it still has support for the wireless adapter. Overall, this game is pretty fun. It doesn't stand out too much, but I think that it's pretty unique because it's the only Digimon racing game that exists in North America. I would really only recommend this game to people who really enjoy kart racers, especially ones that aren't Mario Kart, and people that enjoy Digimon themed games. Digimon World 4 was released on June 1st, 2005, and it released for the PlayStation 2, the Nintendo GameCube, and the Microsoft Xbox. Just like the first three entries in the series, number 4 was also substantially different than the other three games. Digimon World 4 is an action RPG, but it has very clunky controls and combat. The game is segmented into multiple worlds that you can take your Digimon partner to explore, and each level has different enemy Digimon within it. Each overarching world has multiple levels that you need to complete in order to proceed into the next world, and every world ends with a specific boss fight that you must defeat, and every overarching world has an extra powerful boss that is at the end of it. One thing of note with this game is that your Digimon partner uses weapons. Some have guns, some have swords, and for me, that just makes it feel really out of place. There are very few times when Digimon use weapons, especially ones that don't normally have them. For example, Agumon, Gilmon, and many of the starters of the anime series. I've heard a lot of people have nostalgia specifically for Digimon World 4, so I was excited to give it a shot. But when I started playing it, I had a really hard time playing and getting into it due to its bad controls and it made the game unnecessarily difficult. 
the visuals of Digimon World 4 are a little bit better than the previous entries, at least for 3D models. One saving grace of Digimon World 4, it is up to four players, so you can play with three different friends, use all the main Digimon, and it makes the game quite a bit easier. So if you do find that the game is a challenge and you are able to actually get three friends to play with you, definitely do so. You'll have a lot of fun. But overall, I wouldn't really consider this a super big positive of the game because it would be very difficult for most people to get four different PS2 controllers, three friends to play with them. And if you're playing by other means, I'm not even sure if there's a way to be able to do this. So just keep that in mind. But I think it's definitely worth mentioning. In this game, another cool thing that adds a bit to replayability is certain enemies that you fight will drop cards packs so you can farm them over and over again and eventually they drop some packs go to a menu and you can open up the packs as well as you can look at the catalog of all the different cards and try to collect them all i always like little collectibles in games so this to me is another positive. Overall, I think this is kind of a medium entry into the Digimon video game series. Definitely has some positives. It's a lot of fun if you can play with friends. There's some replayability there, but overall controls are not great. The game is extremely difficult if you don't know what you're doing. It's just not the best action RPG out there. There's lots of other alternatives that would be a lot more worth your time. It's just a generic action RPG with a Digimon skin on it. The weapons are so out of place, it just seems really, really funny. But if you like Digimon games or you like action RPGs, you can definitely check this one out. Thanks everyone for listening to The Passion Project and Gaming with Passion. If you liked this podcast, be sure to share it with your friends. I really appreciate anyone who's getting this far into the podcast. If there's anything you want to hear me do a podcast about or if you want to join the show, let me know. And until next time...